0: As we head towards Christmas, I want to walk through this series I'm calling Gifted, and we can use the backdrop of the Christmas story to unpack it, to to build into it as we approach Christmas Day, you know, the day we celebrate Jesus' birth, and whenever Jesus is the centrepiece, he will always bring forth life. Always. Whenever you put Jesus in the middle of something, life will always spring forth. And I want to say right now, this is going to be a Christmas full of life. I don't know how you've pictured it in your mind. I don't know whether you've been looking forward to it, whether you're feeling a bit disappointed about how it might look. But let's change our thinking right now and let's change our language right now. This is going to be a great Christmas. Do you know why? Because we're putting Jesus right in the middle of it. Therefore, your Christmas will be full of life. Come on, it's going to be a- a great Christmas. I want to look at the different gifts that were put on display in the Christmas story and right there is the first point I want to make. Gifts are only blessings gifts are only impactful gifts only carry weight when they are put on display they when they're put on display they can bring joy they can bring change they can they can bring blessing all kind of things but only when it's brought out in the open only when it's used imagine this imagine if Usain Bolt had never bothered to run You know, we would never have been able to see how amazing it is when he gets to that 60 metre mark and he just seems to go up another gear and you've got the the fastest runners in the world next to him and he just pulls away we're all like, that is amazing! What a gift! How inspirational! What does it do on the inside of you when you see him go? It's amazing! Imagine if he hadn't bothered to put that on display. We would never have been able to celebrate it. Imagine if Lord Alan Sugar had never started a business. We had never been able to be inspired by this guy who came up from nothing and just impacted the business world. What an amazing thing. Imagine if John Constable, I've gone with the local guy, imagine if John Constable had never painted anything. We wouldn't be able to be blessed by his talent and his gift. Imagine if Brian May had never picked up an electric guitar. You know, imagine if Steven Spielberg had never directed a film. You see, these people have got great gifts on their life. And when they put them on display, they bring blessing. They bring encouragement. They bring inspiration. And we get to marvel at their, at their gifts. Here's the thing. Gifts come in many forms, and every single one of you has gifts, plural. You have more than one gift. The question I want to ask you at the beginning of this message is, are you willing to put them on display? Are you willing to put your gifts on display? Now, I played football at a very high level. I know I get lots of stick amongst the the church here for when I talk about football, but you know what? It's my story. It was part of my gift, so suck it up. I'm going to talk about it again. I play football at a high level, but here's the thing. When I start talking to other guys about football, so often I will get this kind of comment back Oh, Barry, you know, I could have been a pro. You know, oh, I nearly made it. I had West Ham looking at me one time, and in another week, I had Arsenal looking at me, and, and Man United were interested. But, and then there's always a but. But. You know, and all the excuses roll out. You know, every guy who was going to be a professional footballer, but it didn't quite happen. The reality is, more often than not, they never fully develop their gift. They never fully put it on display. And so it never came to anything. See, if you don't actually use your gift and you don't actually put it on display, nothing happens with it. So today, I want to use this title to unpack the first part of the Christmas story that I want to touch on. And my title is this, The Gift of Some Room, The Gift of Some Room. Now, I'm sure that everyone listening right now is familiar with the Christmas story. We know that there's Mary and Joseph, and they're going to Bethlehem for a census. They have family there, and they're looking for somewhere to stay. Let's have a look right here in Luke chapter 2 and verse 7. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says this, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room at the inn. There was no room at the inn. So we know the scene. But I think it's worth reconsidering some of the ways we've pictured that scene. Because the word inn here, the word for inn, the the, the place they say, the word for inn is kataluma. It's a Greek word. But it actually means guest room. There is another Greek word for in. Now Luke, who's writing this, is a doctor, very clever man. I'm sure he knew the Greek word for in, but he chose to use the Greek word kataluma, which is guest room. So it puts another spin on it, doesn't it? Is it not the classic barn scene we've all become so familiar with? In that time, as families grew, the way they would house them all is they would just build extra rooms on. The, the houses would start spreading out and there'd be extra rooms. And often the, the lesser room, the end room, they would bring in animals, especially in the cold times of year, firstly for their health to keep them warm, and secondly, so no one would steal them. There was a theft, theft issue. So they would bring them into the lesser room to keep them warm and to stop them being stolen. So when you picture the scene here, you've got the extended family who have had to come back to Bethlehem for the census, gathering at at their relative's house. They've all come in, and there's plenty of rooms. Mary and Joseph arrive last, and the only room available to them is the end room, the room where they bring the animals into now, how do Mary and Joseph feel right now? Because the family have got there first and they are so self centered that they couldn't make way for the preg- heavily pregnant lady. They were so concerned with themselves. You got here last night, it's your little fault, that's tough. Never mind, she's literally nine months pregnant. And she ends up in the room where they keep the animals, out the back there somewhere. How would they feel? And the poor old house owner has a dilemma. So what does he do? He creates some room. He said, look, this is all I've got. Can, can, we make, can we make something out of this? You know, I don't want to upset everyone else. And I've got all these you know, family politics going on. But there's a room here. It's not the best room. But it's an available room. And right there is the key. The room probably wasn't fit for purpose. The room probably stank. The room had cattle in it. The room it just wasn't the best but it was a room that was available. And so often God can just use availability when you make something available. Sometimes it's not the best, but if it's available and you put Jesus in the middle of it, life springs forth. You see, self-centeredness denied the room, but availability allowed Jesus to be in the center and life springs forth. The first question then, would you create some room for availability? You know, when we look in 2 Kings and chapter 4, we find this woman from a town called Shunem. We refer to her as the Shunemite woman. Uh, this woman here, and I want to read you some of her story in, in 2 Kings and chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. It says this, one day Elisha went to Shunem. And a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. Can you see the link here? She, this Shunammite woman, recognises this is God's representative in my time. This is a man of God. This is a holy man. What do I want to do? I want to create some room for him. Here's her gift to him. My gift to you, Elisha is some room. Every time you come this way there is room for you. Every time you come this way you are welcome. Every time you come this way there is somewhere for you to stay. And here's the thing, the gift was never effective when it was a good intention in her heart. When she was having the conversation with her husband, she had a good intention. Could we create a room? But until it was put on display, until it was usable, it was no blessing to anyone. It was just a thought. You see, the truth is good intentions, although lovely, make no difference. The only time gifts make a difference is when they're put on display, when they become become someone's reality, when they're put out there for use. And here's what I love. And I think we see the heart of the father right here. Elisha's response when he sees the room, the room made for him, the room put on display for him, the room was was just for him, the gift from this lady. He says, what can I do for you? You've blessed me. My response is, I want to bless you. Now look what happens. Two Kings chapter four and verses 14 through 17. What can be done for her? Elisha asked Gehazi. Gehazi was Elisha's attendant. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway about this and about this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elijah had told her. How awesome's that? You see, she wanted a son desperately, and you need to know that in that time, women on their own were treated as as nobodies, it was all about the guys. That was the culture at the time. So if her husband died and she didn't have a son, she would have been pushed aside. She would have had nothing. She'd have been destitute. She'd have been begging. She would have been in trouble. But if she has a son, the son gets the inheritance. The son gets looked after and then the son can look after his mum. It was absolutely crucial that she had a son. But she didn't want to let herself dream. And the reason she didn't want to let herself dream is because in the natural, it looked like it was an impossibility. Her husband was old and she was fearful that if she actually put her dream out there, she might be disappointed. But here's the thing. When you make room for God, and you put your place out there for God, God gets in the middle of it. And what happens? Life comes forth. Every single time she honoured the man of God, the man of God honoured her. You honour God, God honours you. Every single time someone reached out to Jesus, his question was, what can I do for you? That's the heart of the father right there. She dared to dream, having made room for God. And life sprang forth. Come on, I don't know if you're someone out there with a dream in your heart that you're a bit fearful about putting out there, but I want to say, get God in the middle of it. Give some room to it and just watch life come out of it. I love this. She had no room. So she created some room. She attached another room to the house. She was desperate to make room for the man of God. She was desperate for him to to be there. So she made room. And if we look at the idea of room through the eyes of creating space, it's amazing what space you can create in your life when you want it bad enough. You know, for me, and I know lots of, of young parents, when children arrive, your world changes. You have the same amount of hours in the day, but you somehow just manage to fit more in. Just somehow you just do. Suddenly you don't become central, the children become central and you you get everything done, you get the work done, you run the house, you you keep your marriage going and somehow there is extra space somewhere, you find it, you do, to love and dote and give time to your children, you just find room. Can I suggest the first thing to go when you have children is everything that revolves around you, the self-centeredness, it has to go, it's not about you anymore, it's about little Bubba. And somehow you just love that Bubba so much, you don't even care. I remember when I used to come home from work when we had our, our first child and Josh, he was amazing and he turned up and he was full of life and a bundle of joy and now she was growing. And I used to come home from work and I'd like to just sit there for 10 minutes just for me, read my paper, what's the news, just, just zone out for a moment. I'm sure many of you love to do that. But when Bubba arrives, you don't get that 10 minutes. You walk in the door and you've got to be involved. But you do it because you love it and it's important to you. And somewhere in it all, you create room. Why? Because it's not about you. Remember Mary and Joseph? Self-centeredness robbed them of the room. But someone came with some availability, even though it wasn't the best, and God could use that availability and life sprang forth. Come on, what space could we create in our world to bless someone else? Uh, My wife Sarah, her favourite verse in the Bible is in Philippians chapter four and verse fourteen, and uh, she particularly loves it in the Message version, and so do I. And and when you cut to the final bit, it says this: Philippians four fourteen in the Message. It was a beautiful thing that you came alongside me in my troubles. Wow, just you know, I know for Sarah that's kind of one of her life verses that she says, "I love that." That's how I want to live. It's a beautiful thing that in my darkest moment. You came alongside, you were there. What a great life verse. Let's unpack that a moment. This is Paul writing this to the church of Philippi, the Philippians. And at that time, he's under house arrest. He's out in Rome, isn't? he's under house arrest. And the thing is there, where when we picture jail in our terms, in jail, they get fed three meals a day, they get to exercise, they probably get a TV, they get to do life. It wasn't like that then. He was under house arrest unless people from the outside provided food for him, unless people from the outside funded him financially, unless people from the outside helped him out. He got nothing. He was totally reliant on people on the outside. This is what I love about Paul. He's in that moment. Picture the scene. Put yourself there. He's in a dark place. So what does he do? He closes down. He gives up and he shuts down. No, he doesn't do that. He says, even in this moment, Lord, I'm available to you. And he writes. And he writes letters to churches and encourages them. he gets about serving God why because he makes room even in his dark moment he makes room to be serving God and I love this the church at Philippi really care about Paul they love him they know he's in a difficult moment but they'd struggled to be able to support him they wanted to but it was a long way away so they made plans to send him money they got supplies together what a beautiful thing now here's the truth and we can all relate to this They were busy people. They could have just carried on with their busyness. I'm sure they had plenty of going on, you know, plenty of personal stuff going on in their world. They're people. But they chose to create space. They created space to put things together. They created space in their finances to make make an offering to say, come on, we can help Paul. We can create space and create room in their financial world, create room in their day-to-day lives so that they could be a blessing to Paul. It wasn't their first choice. It wasn't the best because what they really wanted to do was see him. They wanted to visit him. They wanted to hug him. They wanted to be there for him. That was their first choice, but they couldn't do that. So they thought out of the box and created some room in their financial world and they sent it to him. And I love this, I love this, that when you create room and put God in the middle of it, he adds the weight of heaven behind it and the blessing just gets multiplied. You see, Paul is so moved and he's like, I know it's it's a beautiful thing you did for me when you came alongside me in my troubles. He writes that to them. And here's the thing, I'm sure that blessed them, reading that. But all this time later, we are still being blessed by it today. Paul wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. When? When he was in prison, writing. And we're still being blessed by it today. So someone made room to bless Paul, to sustain him. And out of that, Paul's letters are still sustaining us today, all this time later. See, when heaven gets behind something, when someone makes some room... Heaven makes some room for a greater blessing. It, heaven just adds its weight behind it. God says, you've done an amazing thing there. I'm going to get my super behind it. And it doesn't become a natural blessing, but a supernatural blessing. What a beautiful thing. The anointing on Paul's letters, when you read them, it's like stirs you. It guides you. It helps you. It carries so much wisdom. And we're still reading them today. Creating room is such a great gift once it's put on display, the impact can be far-reaching and heaven can multiply, God can multiply it when we put it out there. Good intentions are lovely, but it's only when you put the gift out there, it's only when you use the gift, it's only when you put it on display that any impact can happen. You know, we've all got the potential to create room. Every single one of us could look at our lives and go, I've got this going on, that going and I'm sure we have, but how about we take a moment to say could I create some room to bless someone else did you see the pictures of all of our guys and girls putting together the, the hampers for the age UK charity maybe the guys will put a, a picture up right now so you can see some of them did you see what they did you know all, all these people are busy they've got families they've got hobbies they want to do maybe they want to rest maybe they had work on the back of them mind. They had projects on the go they were busy people they could have quite easily filled their time but they created some space to bless someone else. And here's my prayer. My prayer is that every older person who receives one of those gifts would get the natural blessing. But also they would, that God would add his weight to it and it would be a supernatural blessing that they would suddenly realise there's a bunch of people out there that care about them. There's a God in heaven that loves them. That something might go off in their heart that would just put the biggest smile, that joy would rise up in them. It would become more than just a box full of goodies. It would be something that God could use to bring blessing to someone else. And it all happened because a bunch of people created some room to bless someone else. I hope that the overflow actually knocks on to those people. Those who honour God, God will honour And what they've done is they've created some room in their world world to honour God who loves those older people and wear the hands and feet. And so my hope is that every person who's donated into that, every person who's given time to that, created some room in their finances, created some room in their time schedules and actually became a blessing that as that goes on display, people get blessed, but then God says, I'm backing you. Just like the woman at Shunem. What can I do for you? My hope and my prayer is that God will see you as you've created room in your world and say, what can I do for you? And that you'll get testimony and stories of God's blessing in your life. Why? Because you thought thought of someone else. It was a beautiful thing you did when you came alongside me in my troubles. So, so good. When you make room for God, life springs forth. Who could we bless? What room could we make for kindness, what room could we make for inclusion? What room could we make to build someone up? What room could we make to put a smile on someone's face? The gift of some room. And I love this thought from the Shunammite woman's life. She loved the visits, she loved the occasional time she got to spend with Elisha, but she wanted the prophet to stay. And this is so inspirational. You know, a visitation is good, an encounter is good, but a residence is better. And here we have, you know, what about creating room in our hearts for God to reside? What about creating room in our lives for the Holy Spirit to dwell in us? Not an encounter, but room at the centre of our lives all of the time. See, it involves leaving self aside, It involves being self-centered much less and allowing God to be right in the middle. What happens then? Life springs forth. Have a look at this in Acts chapter 4 verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, this is what we know. For something to be filled, there needs to be space. There needs to be emptiness, there needs to be some room. When the Holy Spirit fills us, he teaches us, he guides us, he empowers us. He adds can I use the term he adds the, he adds to our faith walk he gives us the oomph and here's what I do know as a church leader God wants his church to be powerful to bring change he doesn't want us just to be nice although nice is good he wants us to bring heaven to earth so that people can unequivocally see God is real God loves you and he's expressing himself through the local church we need to create room to allow the Holy Spirit to reside in us to fill our hearts and live there. We love encounters. I've had so many encounters with God. Times when you've been in a room full of people worshipping God and it just hits you and you get the goosebumps or, or you cry or you just have a moment. I love those encounters. But I love the fact that the Holy Spirit resides in me. He's guiding me all of the time because I'm choosing every day to push self-centeredness aside and say there is room for you here all of the time. I'm inspired by the Shunamite woman. I hope you're inspired too to say, Lord, you are welcome here. You see, when the Holy Spirit lives in you, it's a game changer because he brings with him the oomph of heaven to change your world and to allow you to change the world of other people because you're representing him. Could we make some room? Could we open up our hearts so much to say, Lord, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. In fact, you know what? Let's take a moment right now. You know, I don't know where you're at with this kind of stuff. Whether you've been in church, in relationship with Jesus for many, many years or whether this is all new to you. Do you know what? We can all create some room. So, Lord, fill us. We choose, Lord, to put ourselves aside and to allow room in our hearts for you to reside. Come and be in the middle of it all. Because I know that when you're in the middle of my life, life springs forth. So you're welcome here. Come on, every one of you said that. You can just say amen right now. God is welcome here. As I prepared this message, I felt a a burden to reach out. Someone needs to hear this. Maybe lots of people need to hear this. I felt God just, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, I said, Holy Spirit guide me and he led me to this verse. Here in Job, now those of you who are familiar with Job, it's a very difficult book of the Bible because so many awful things happen to Job, but even in the awful things, he never loses his faith in God and God in the end blesses him back double of everything. And that's the heart of the Father right there. But have a look at this with me. Job chapter 14 and verses 7 through 9. Bearing in mind, Job's had a very difficult time. At least there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again and its new shoots will not fail. Its roots may grow old in the ground and its stump die in the soil. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and put forth its shoots like a plant. I love this. You see, when the Bible talks of water, so often it's referencing the Holy Spirit. And right there, what Job is saying is, sometimes it feels like your life's cut down. It's all falling apart. There's nothing to, nothing to cling to. But then you get the scent of water. And it's like shoots start coming up again. It's not over after all. There is more life to be had. And when you invite the Holy Spirit into your world, sometimes it feels like it's a bit dead. But when you say you are welcome here, he comes in like a flood and shoots start to appear. Why? Because when you invite him in the middle of your room, life springs forth. And I love it. Job, arguably the most difficult book of the Bible in terms of how life pans out. Even he says, where there is water, life shoots out. And i got this picture. i got this picture, baby, of, of someone having a difficult moment. And, and without God, you're flailing around and clinging on to stuff. And there's nothing there. And you feel like you're sinking. It's been a difficult time for so many people. But then there's the Holy Spirit. And he says, just reach out to me. And you reach out. And it's like you can grab something. There is something to hope on. There is a rock that's not going to move. And as you reach out and grab it, you can pull yourself up and out and life springs forth. So I don't know who needs to hear this, but I can unequivocally say, if you make some room for the Holy Spirit in your heart, he will let life spring forth he will pull you out of the trouble he will put hope in your heart again there is still hope wherever you're at in this situation however it looks for you there is still hope why because at the scent of water at the scent of the holy spirit i been making room in my heart he will bring you out and the thing with the father is he adds his super to it he always positions you in a better place not an equal place or a worse place but a better place so how about church we take this idea of the gift of some room and go to the Father and say I want to be a gift to you I want to give myself to you I want to open up my heart to you not for an encounter or a visitation but I want you to reside in me, you are welcome here and as you do that you can fully expect life to spring forth because that's what God does Jesus said, I came to bring life and life in its fullness. And it's true, but we have a response to make. And the best response is to create room and allow him to come and reside. Hey, I hope that's blessed you and challenged you, but let me pray for you right now. Father God, thank you for the awesome privilege of being your church in this time. An unprecedented time for humanity. And I want to thank you, Lord God, that you're right here in the midst of it. You've never left us, you've never forsaken us, but you're right here. And we, your church, we choose right now to create room. Come and live in us. Come inspire us all over again. Come, Lord God, and empower your church to bring change, to love us some people, to be kind to some people. But more than that, to use our spiritual gift, to prophesy, to interpret, to lead, to give. Father God, to heal, to see the miraculous. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Move your church forward. Amen. And every week I always want to give an opportunity for anyone who might want to respond. Is today the day you say, Jesus, I'm creating room for you in my world because I know when you come in, life springs forth. And all it takes is a prayer. It takes a prayer to say, Jesus, I acknowledge you, I need you, you're welcome. So let me lead you in that prayer. And you know what, if you pray that prayer, I'd love you to get in touch with the church so that we can walk it out with you. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for Jesus. I want to say right now, you are welcome here. I open up my heart to you. Lord, I'm sorry for leaving you out from turning aside from you from doing things that break your heart. But today I make a choice. And I say, Jesus, come and live in my heart. Guide me forward. Help me to be a little bit more like you. And let my life spring forth just as you promised. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed that. I hope you've been challenged by that. I hope that stirs something in you to create some room in your world, to bless some people, to create some room in your world to allow God further in. But let's hand over and go on out on a high with our epic worship team. God bless.